Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 22, beginning on page 366. My God, my God, look upon me. Why hast thou forsaken me? and art so far from my health and from the words of my complaint. O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season also I take no rest. And thou continuest holy, O thou worship of Israel. Our fathers hoped in thee, they trusted in thee, and thou didst deliver them. They called upon thee and were hoping, they put their trust in thee and were not confounded. But as for me, I am a worm, and no man, a very scorn of men, and the outcast of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their lips and shake their heads, saying, He trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, if he will have him. But thou art he that took me out of my mother's womb. Thou wast my hope when I hanged yet upon my mother's breasts. I have been left unto thee ever since I was born. Thou art my God, even from my mother's womb. O oh, go not from me, for trouble is hard at hand, and there is none to help me. Many oxen are come about me, fat bulls of Bashan close me in on every side. They gape upon me with their mouths, as it were a ramping and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart also in the midst of my body is even like melting wax. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my gums, and thou bringest me into the dust of death. 
For many dogs are come about me, and the counsel of the wicked layeth siege against me. They pierced my hands and my feet, I may tell all my bones. They stand staring and looking upon me. They part my garments among them, and cast lots upon my vesture. But be, now, be not thou far from me, O Lord. Thou art my succor, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. Thou hast heard me also from among the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. O oh, praise the Lord, ye that fear him. Magnify him, all ye of the seed of Jacob, and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the low estate of the poor. He hath not hid his face from him, but when he called unto him, he heard him. My praise is of thee in the great congregation. My vows will I perform in the sight of them that fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. They that seek after the Lord shall praise him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember themselves and be turned unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before him. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. All such as be fat upon earth have eaten and worshipped. All they that go down into the dust shall kneel before him, and no man hath quickened his own soul. My seed shall serve him. They shall be counted unto the Lord for a generation. They shall come, and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, whom the Lord hath made. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the eleventh chapter of the book of Job. Then Zophar the Namathite answered and said, Should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be vindicated? Should your empty talk make men hold their peace? And when you mock, should no one rebuke you? For you have said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in your eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against you, that he would show you the secrets of wisdom, for they would double your prudence. Know therefore that God exacts from you less than your iniquity deserves. Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than shale, what can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes by, imprisons, and gathers to judgment, then who can hinder him? For he knows deceitful men. He sees wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? For an empty-headed man will be wise when a wild donkey's colt is born a man. If you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands toward him, if iniquity were in your hand and you put it far away and would not let wickedness dwell in your tents, then surely you could lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear, because you would forget your misery and remember it as waters that have passed away, and your life would be brighter than, the, than noonday. Though you were dark, you would be like the morning, and you would be secure because there is hope. Yes, you would dig around you and take your rest in safety. You would also lie down, and no one would make you afraid. Yes, many would court your favor. But the eyes of the wicked will fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope, loss of life. Here ends the first lesson.
My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 24th verse of the 13th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord, 
We pray thee that thy grace may always prevent and follow us, and make us continually to be given to all good works. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. Um, we have a, begin our lessons tonight in Psalm 22, which is a familiar one for a lot of us as it features uh, significantly in the Lenten season um, and comes to a point of prominence in the Holy Week liturgies. Um, particularly in the, its recitation, or usually it's chanted uh, during the Maundy, at the tail end of the Maundy Thursday service, when uh, the altar is being stripped. Um, and it's, uh, it's reflected again in the Passion narrative on Good Friday, uh, when Christ calls out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, which is uh, in, ends in St. John's telling of the Passion narrative. Um, and Psalm 22 is, a, is a, 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 you know, clearly an, an emotionally stirring psalm. Uh, it's visceral and it begins with um, a startling cry of the heart. Um, you know, clearly the psalmist is in a position of, of dire straits um, and is, is hemmed in on every side. And we can read, you know, the first verses are even a little bit more optimistic than they are, but this is a, this is a pretty piercingly dark psalm for a good long while um, and it doesn't let up. Uh, when he, the psalmist reflects at the beginning, you know, you, our fathers trusted in thee and you delivered them. It's less like, oh, but I'm remembering that in times past, you know, you did something good for our, you know, like you people trusted, have trusted in you in the past. And then you you did something nice for them. You, you eventually delivered them. It's more of an, an indictment. Uh, it's, we could we could read it more. And we try to read it this evening a little bit more in the, in the tone, which is um, that, you know, our fathers trusted in thee and you helped them. Um, which is a way of saying you're not doing the same now. Um, and so it's an accusation um, of what you have done in the past, you are not doing now. Um, and it's there's a there's a, a subtle implication that, you know, that God has you know, changed his character uh, in this. And it takes a very lengthy psalm um, finally to come back around to this this recitation of wisdom again. Um, and, you know, by the time we get to the, the home stretch of Psalm 22, when he, you know, when the psalmist reflects that the Lord is, you know, compassionate to the poor and lowly, um, he's he's revealing this as an instruction, as a kind of instruction through the the, the liturgical prayer that's being offered in this psalm, um, an instruction to those who pray it that um, the outward sign of misfortune is not an indication that God has withdrawn His presence from the person experiencing it. Um, which is contrary to a very popular, but also very um, incorrect interpretation of the Torah, um, and particularly of the proverbial, I'm sorry, not, the, not the Torah, of the, of the proverbial wisdom of the Proverbs, which suggests that, um, that if someone upholds the law and walks in the way of law, they'll experience prosperity. In the ultimate sense, that's true. And in the long-term pattern of life, that's true. But then also within that is a pattern of God's interacting with his people um, through, the, through the lens of trials, 
um, and or really the the Hebrew translates better as tests. Um, and so in the same time that in the same you know in the same world and in the same lifetime that someone could experience um, this ultimate logic of those um, who fear the Lord and those who walk in His ways are blessed. Um, it is also the case that um, we are we experience um, trials and tests in life as well, um, either through our own uh, our own initiation when we are uh, brought into temptation through our frailties, or because we are um, experiencing them at the hand of others who are who are doing things toward us or with us that are that are contrary to the way of God, or in the case as we move into the study of Job. Um, because of some inscrutably new scenario where, you know, in the divine council, the Elohim are gathered uh, and God, uh, the God above all the Elohim is conversing with his, you know, sort of uh, with his these, these spiritual beings. And one of them essentially makes a bet with God. And that is the pretext of the book of Job. And God is confident in Job's faithfulness and allows this tempter, this accuser figure to go and and take from Job uh, everything that he has and to take his sense of well-being and his own personal health. And that brings us to this discussion that has unfolded. And we're, we're skipping forward quite a bit in Job here. Uh, this is a very intricate, dense, um, you know, theological dialogue that, that is unfolding. But to kind of catch us up where we're at, uh, the two other uh, friends that have shown up to meet Job in the midst of his misery have at this point made speeches and Job has responded to them um, with a reiteration that, I, I serve the Lord. Um, you're, you're saying those who serve the Lord don't suffer. And he's like, but I, but I did serve the Lord. Everything that the Lord revealed to as ways you serve him, I, I served him. Um, and this still happened to me. And I wish I were dead because I'm in complete min misery. And now we, we've gone two rounds of this and Job has not been, you know, prevailed upon by this. He hasn't, you know, been convicted by the, by, by the arguments of these guys. And so, Zophar, the Namathite, comes in, guns blazing, with um, what has been described as a, uh, by one commentator, as a um, a bloodless retreat into theory, um, which I found a, a wonderful phrase. It's it's essentially like the um, the um, very unpastoral seminarian response um, to a pastoral question, um, and it, it, it's 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 a very common thing. You know, where, you know, in every pastoral question, every theological question that's asked pastorally, there's there's a truth being sought, but then there's also a, a an inward need that's being expressed. Um, and it's very possible to come in and dunk on someone with your good, your, your pristine theology um, and miss the whole point of the encounter. And that's exactly what Zophar does here. Um, he comes in and his theology is very unobjectionable. However, uh, he is completely missing point here and he's actually wrong he's 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 offering the right answer but to the wrong situation and so he's wrong even though he's right um, and that's a strange thing but it, it does happen um, and so Zophar offers this scathing you know um, you know exhortation this, uh, this this sermon to Job about the wicked meeting you know like meeting this awful end and he, you know, calls, he reduces Job down to the level of a babbler who's muttering vain words. Um, and, he, and, and in the midst of this, you know, Zophar is betraying this sense of, well, the, you know, the, 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 the kind of the kind nudges towards repentance that his two friends that Eliphaz and the other have, have given him is, uh, have not worked. And so we need to come in with the kind of sinners in the hands of an angry God sermon. Uh, and and come at Job here and get him to reveal that he secretly sinned and therefore you know logic prevails 
and we can go back to believing that things are um, as they are, as we thought them to be. Um, and what we can detect in this this intensity, this progression of intensity in the Book of Job, is that um, you know when the when the canned answer begins to reveal itself as not quite applying to the situation, it can cause just as much perplexity in those who try to offer it. And as a result of that, there can be this real um, you know wisdom. Um, is found not in reiterating that same canned answer, but then also realizing that um, for as much as we are able to articulate the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God exceeds our means of articulating it. Uh, and so far, even though he gives this brilliant and scathing theological um, you know, sermon, uh, he, the thing that's happening here exceeds, um, exceeds the, the way that he has known to articulate the things that is happening here. And so, um, as a result of that, he doubles down on intensity when he should um, when he should be gentled into humility in this moment. Um, and this this is significant because as we look at these comparisons here, you know, we look at the the reflections of the psalmist who is suffering, and we look at Job whose friends uh, respond to that suffering very ineptly. We get to our Lord's comment about you know in the, the big picture of how things are advancing in 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 the logic of the kingdom that. Um, that God permits um, in the, you know, the analogy of the parable, uh, wisdom and unwisdom to sit next to one another. But then in the end, they, even though they look alike for a time, they are completely different from each other in the end. As with righteousness and unrighteousness, sometimes it's not clear who's doing the right thing and who's doing the wrong thing. But as the parable goes, these things become so much themselves in the end that they are very easy to distinguish and they are very easy to separate from one another. Um, and so, you know, as we reflect back on, you know, with our Lord's parable on Zophar and his and his mistake with Job, is that the best thing that Job Job's friends could have done was to was to imitate Job, which is to sit in silence um, and to sit and wait, uh, because you know they they didn't know what to say. And even after the first one hazards a guess, and it's and it you know the the situation clearly does not align with it. They continue to talk and they keep getting themselves into trouble and eventually God will intervene and correct them for their um, their refusal to be silenced, um, for their refusal to sit in a humble silence. Um, and so it's a, it's a lesson to us that, you know, that, that, that when there are, there are plenty of long stretches of time where things are perplexing and the best thing to be able to say is, I don't know. Um, and we need to be willing to say that. Um, but in the end, uh, we, we can't retreat into uh, an endless skepticism because God reveals the truth of all things in time. And so when truth is revealed, we have to be ready to respond to it as well. And that becomes the kind of discipline of the Christian life is to sit in humble, you know, sit in humility when we are perplexed and respond with a ready heart when, we, when things are revealed um, and to be ready to do both at any time. And so with that, we will turn to our intercession tonight offering those with, for whom we are praying right now. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that all members, that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts, and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. 
Send out my blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in tonight. And thanks to Aliyah, my co-leader. Hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Good night. Have a good Thank you, everyone.